You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Sandy Almendares, Editor-in-Chief. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. And welcome to a Healthy Insider Podcast. I am Sandy, and on the phone, I've got Robin C. Kuhn, who is Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Best Formulations. Hi, Robin. Hi, how are you doing? Great. Thank you so much for joining me to talk about DSHEA, the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994. So it was passed 25 years ago, and this year, Insider is celebrating in a variety of ways, and one of those is to record a series of podcasts with folks who use Deshay every day and are very familiar. Um, Best Formulation is a contract manufacturer, so they they must use Deshay all the time. Um, Robin himself has a background in nutraceutical and pharmaceutical manufacturing, and in addition to that, he has more than 25 years' experience in clinical pharmacy. Besides fulfilling prescriptions, he worked as a drug chain executive overseeing operations and in the retail drug chain mass market. He is licensed with the California State Board of Pharmacy and sits on the board of the California Pharmacists Association. His manufacturing expertise includes purchasing, formulation, R&D, and sales and marketing. So the first question I have is, as a contract manufacturer, at Best Formulations, you must work with Deshay every day. How does the law affect what you do? Oh, as a contract manufacturer uh, for dietary supplements, the Deshay law very much is, uh, significantly affects the way we work and, and how what we do. The way I'll look at it is that there's really three key areas within our manufacturing that's affected by Deshay, although there's a lot of stuff in Deshay. The, the probably the first one I talk about would be physical facility design, ensuring that we have a clean and sanitary and well-maintained production equipment and areas as, as well. Um, and I'll I'll explain a little later what I, why how important that is because as we've upgraded the rules for for um, manufacturing in terms of documentation and laboratory and testing and everything else, the physical design is very important. Because years ago, for example, I walked in a company, they had all their tablet capsule machines in a single room, and that would never work today. These, each equipment needs to be in its own room to prevent cross-contamination. So there's a lot of a difference in facility design since the shape has come into effect. Right. And in addition to that, documentation practices, which some people just call it quality, I guess, but... Um, the documentation practices are definitely different um, than they used to be in the past because uh, keeping track of all your raw materials, the batch records, all the testing, all that stuff, there's a lot of paperwork. You know, we teasingly tell each other we kill a lot of trees in a sense um, because of the amount of documents and collection of data that we do. But by doing this, it really gives the quality group very strong control over operations and product quality. Another area would be the testing. I, I call it validated testing because we do testing on chemicals, the phys, you know, physical testing, microbial testing, and so on. 
And these are all related uh, through Deshay uh, to ensure that the identity of the product, the purity, the strength and quality and composition of the finished product are all there, and, and along with the pro control of the process. And this has, uh, for us, it's, it, for our, as a manufacturer, it's significantly increased our, we've had to upgrade our testing abilities. You know, we've expanded our labs and, and qualified personnel. In fact, we have probably over 45 people in this area. All these safety steps are designed to comply with Deshaies GMPs in the prevention, as I like to say, of uh, adulteration during manufacturing or packaging, storage, or distribution. You know, the thing that goes along with the say is that as a contract manufacturer, um, having a third party certification is really important for good manufacturing practices. We call that GMP. And it's a big deal for manufacturers to hold these because um, these compliance certifications, as we call them, are issued by companies or organizations like NSF, UL slash NPA, US Pharmacopeia, and so on. And it demonstrates and shows our customers that the company is compliant with current and GMP requirements. And in many cases, we actually have to have that certification in order to get business because our customers or clients require it. I, I guess the, the last point of this question, is that to me, the underlying FDA safety theme here is requiring that uh, specific manufacturing activities and steps we do ensure that the identity, purity, quality, strength, and, um, and composition of dietary supplements are there, really basic concerns. Um, and we see this kind of guidance, at least to us, is, is where we see it is with the warning letters and advisory letters uh, to different companies, foreign and domestic, that um, the FDA's biggest concern um, uh, with the Shea is probably the selling of unapproved or misbranded ingredients, and in some cases, drugs making uh, under making adulterated dietary supplements. I, I, I probably think our, our biggest challenge is working with the say is probably just with testing. So I saw on the website that Best Formulations was established in 1984, which was 10 years before Deshay was passed. I, I don't believe you were at the company then, um, mm -hmm. but um, did the passage of the law change the way the company operated that, that you're aware of? Uh, you're right. I, I was not at the company in 1984, but I was around in 1984. <laughs> but uh, yes, um, it, it, it has. And, and prior to 1994, uh, when Deshay was established, dietary supplements up to that point were just simply treated and regulated as food products. And then that time period between 1994, when Deshay was established into law, and 2007, when the GMPs were established, um, we were really not that highly affected by Deshay during those that time period. And um, since the primary reason for that is the GMPs were not issued, so we're not required to follow any, and none had been published. So between 94 and 2007, the regulatory rules for manufacturing were really loose. And and so were the selling of the products and some of the claims. Um, I'd, I'd even go back and, and refer to it maybe as a, a time period of the Wild West, so to, so to speak. Um, because back then, uh, some people um, actually did make supplements in their kitchen or their garage or home and sell them. And there was, nobody said you couldn't do that. 
because there's no requirement for the manufacturing environment to be at a certain you know, basic level. Um, and, and probably along with that, that, there was no testing really being done um, since none was required. And most companies, including best formulations, and I know not everyone, but most of us, we, we would get our raw material supplier would come in with a certificate of analysis. And we would use that, that certificate to accept the raw material and document it as our materials. And when we created our finished product, our finished good certificate of analysis, we, those were done by input, which means you just record by how much you put down on the paper. And both of these cannot be done today. So it's changed significantly. So we talked a little bit about um, GMPs, the good manufacturing practices for dietary supplements already. But as you noted, the agency issued those in 2007. Or were there any other ways that the manufacturing practices changed at best after the GMPs were issued? Uh, yes. I sort of talked a little earlier about that. The GMPs have changed our practices from 2007. Let me give a little history. I think that'll sort of explain the evolution over time that'll bring us through that. You know, you're right, 25 years ago, say was passed in 1994. And before that, supplements were not regulated, but that gave the FDA authority to regulate it. And in that, it's under the CFR 21 part 111. And it meant that dietary supplement manufacturers had responsibilities now to just substantiate the safety, using of the ingredients, um, to uh, use a certain minimum level of, of what I call clean manufacturing, if you will. Um, and manufacturers are also somewhat responsible for claims and stuff and making sure that you didn't you know, make false or misleading claims and had the scientific evidence. Then in 2002, we had the Bioterrorism Act that came in that required registration of food facilities, including dietary supplements, to register their facilities in the FDA, but we didn't register products, so we still don't. And in 2003, the FDA came out again with the funny came with the GMPs, a proposed rule for the GMPs. Now remember, 1994, this is 2003, this is a, a six, seven, eight, nine years later, they finally came out with the, um, the guidance. He did, that didn't come into effect in 2007, which is 13 years after the law was passed. So a long time frame from when they issued the law to when they actually issued the guidelines. And in 2006, there was a, also a, uh, another pertinent law which added again to the changes um, uh, regarding the Dietary Supplement and Non-Prescription Drug Consumer Protection Act, big mouthful, but that basically meant that we have to start reporting uh, adverse event uh, reports to the government, to the FDA, when consumers file a major you know, problem with taking a particular supplement. That was another new change for us. And then the latest one, of course, is in 2011 with FISMA, the Food Safety Modernization Act, a Modernization Act, I should say. It provides the FDA with the ability to order recalls, which uh, were somewhat limited prior to that. And supposedly it gave some better guidance on NDIs because there needs to be some more work on that, new dietary ingredients. Um, and um, although we haven't seen a lot of movement on it, but there is. So basically you can see that the federal GOPs have continued to evolve. And don't, don't forget about the new one that's coming. Everyone's like looking at each other. And that's the FDA 2020 change regarding nutritional and supplement labeling fact panels. 
which are changing on foods and dietary supplements. And that's going to be a big change. So the industry continues to evolve. These are regulatory changes, um, not, not changes that, you know, that people just want to implement um, beyond to say. And in today's manufacturing environment, remaining compliant and aware of what the GMP and regulatory changes are and the potential coming uh, changes coming down the pipe is essential. We Because we, we get asked all the time by customers and, and regulators, um, it's really important to, to say an understatement, if nothing else, to stay on top of what's happening. It's essential for your survival as a manufacturer. So if you had a magic wand and you could change anything about Deshay, what would you change? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, um, what, what I would do is, um, you know, the premise is to say, I think I, I've got to say is a good one and was a good one, if you want to put it that way, because it encourages uh, product safety and product quality, which I think is a good cause. I'm proving to say um, many people have a lot of thoughts on this. I mean, uh, one could come up with a whole list of stuff, but I, I have my own personal recommendations. And I, I think it basically is better defining some of the points. You know, there, there's, I see at least four key areas, and I'm sure there's a lot more than that. You know, one of the things we get hung up a lot is the guidance on expiration date testing or protocols, because the current requirement just says you need to have valid scientific data. And that is not very clear guidance. Some of our customers, when they come to expiration date testing, there's people are doing different things all across the board. Some are following ICP guidelines for drugs. Others are using short versions of it um, in order to uh, to be able to claim their data. The, I think the, the the definition of valid scientific data for expiration dating needs to be cleared up because it's very uh, subjective the way people look at it. Another area would be uh, product quality, and this is probably not everyone would agree with me on this, but I think some perhaps some independent testing should be done to ensure products are meeting label claims, because there are still products in the marketplace that are not meeting label claims, and that's a big issue um, out there. You know, um, whether it's intentional or non-intentional, I don't know, but it's there. Um, that's for sure. One of the things probably. Um, closer to my heart is, is probably you know, having greater research and it, it, in order to determine the efficacy and the safety of the ingredients and the amounts that we use for different products. Uh, that would be very, very helpful because I think sometimes the research is a little sketchy on that and we're a little cautious, but we've seen some pretty crazy things out there. And I, I think in some cases there may be safety issue related to that. Probably the last thing I, I'd probably mention there is probably we, we could do better claim definitions and meaning that people make claims for dietary supplements. Most of our people who are customers who buy our products, when they look at a product, the, the consumer wants to know what does this do for me? So we see a lot of products that are condition specific or some say disease specific or and the claims for what you can and can't do, they're, they're, we see stuff all over the place. We have structural function claims, we have condition specific, we have nutritional support. And I, I think there's some confusion out there and very much subjectivity on the current interpretation. So a little better clarity might be helpful. I know, I know we can't say we treat something, but you know, maybe the FDA could give a little better 
guidance as to what we can say to show that this product is useful or helpful in certain conditions. Those, those are the four things I, I would suggest on changing Duchet. Well, that would be quite the overhaul, but maybe, uh, you know, maybe necessary. Uh, well, thank you so much, Robin, for joining me today on this podcast. I really appreciate getting your insight. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the health and nutrition industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud account. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.